0: This is Rob. This is episode 69 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. All right. I have been excited about this one for a while. Uh, I am here with Vanessa of Cheesecake Funk really nice to meet you first of all (laughs) i should probably state that up front that this is the first time we've met which is exciting uh i first came in contact with cheesecake funk my mom brought it to uh, just a family gathering and we're not a cheesecake family we've never really been a cheesecake family so i was like this is kind of a peculiar pick uh for dessert and the thing was gone in like five minutes it was (laughs) absolutely i think it was the oreo one that she brought first and i was just like I don't know what it is about this cheesecake, but this is absolutely ridiculous. And I started looking into your story, and you've got this absolutely amazing story. I'm not going to give away any big spoilers because I want to hear it from you. But I want to go back to the beginning of Cheesecake Funk. How did you get into Cheesecake and just your story of where it began, how you decided to start it in the first place?
1: Yeah, you know, it it kind of just happened by coincidence. Um, I literally just started baking cheesecakes at home. Just testing out different recipes because I like to cook in general. And um, I made a cheesecake and everybody was like, oh, you should sell this. You should. And I was like, no, I've got a job and, you know, whatever. But then it evolved to I met a friend who was opening a restaurant and he's like, I want it on the menu. And I was like, whoa, all right. So I started making it for um, McMahon's Irish Pub. Um, sadly, the it burned down in a bad fire. And so after the fire, um, I just kind of kept with my day job and just kind of put cheesecakes on the side with producing it for a restaurant. Um, but I definitely still made it like for Thanksgiving and Christmas um, for friends and family.
0: How'd you come up with the recipe?
1: You know, it just trial and error. Like it's just a simple cheesecake recipe. There's no flour in it. It's simple cream cheese, eggs, vanilla and sugar. As the base, and then the crust is kind of my secret sauce. That's that's what sets it <laughs> off. Yeah. I am like,
0: this crust is because in my experience with cheesecake, you get to the crust and you kind of just leave it. You are mm-hmm. like, if you are eating cheesecake, it's because you want the rich creaminess, right. and you get to this dried crust, and you are like, eh, I I usually just leave it. And yeah. with yours, it's like that's where I, I turn the thing around and start from the crust in. Nice, <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah, you know, I just trial and error, and like I said, I like to cook, so I just tried like different. Types of crust. So it's definitely not graham cracker crust. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. And
0: that's as, as much of the secret as you'll give yeah. away. I like it. There like is it. cinnamon in it. Okay. okay. There's a lot
1: of cinnamon in it. By the end so. of this
0: episode, I'll have the... I'll have <laughs> the this is the, my true intention of this episode. Yeah. is just one ingredient at a time. No. So you're uh, at the restaurant. The unfortunate... It burns down mm-hmm. and you're back to kind of just, oh, it's Christmas time. I'll start making these for friends and yeah. family again. Where does it go from there?
1: You know, I, um, you know, continued over the years. So I started baking in like early 2000s. So it's been a while. Um and then, um, 2013, I had the super honor and privilege to start working for Prince, and <laughs>
0: that the, the Prince, the like, Prince. It, it, we're in Minnesota. The By the way, we're in Minnesota. I yeah. should mention, so it's an extra big deal here in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and just, I mean, he's like the gift that keeps giving because I just think it's just when I at that time when I started working there. I was selling merchandise for him on the side because I had a day job too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still loved and had a passion for making cheesecakes. So I just really wanted to bring cheesecakes in for the band members to enjoy because they, I wanted to like welcome them to Minnesota and like, here you go, have some good food. Um, I put them in the fridge and then he found it. And then he started tweeting about this cheesecake funk.
0: How did you first find out? That he was eating it.
1: When he posted this photo of um, some monkeys onto Twitter. Have you seen it yet? No,
0: I haven't. So the first time you even knew that these cheesecakes you're bringing to work to just, you know, for coworkers and band members, the first time you figure out that prince is eating the, it feels kind of almost fake to say Hold like it's it, unreal that prince himself is eating your cheesecakes and the first time you figure out about it is when he tweets out about it to his followers
1: he tweets this
0: the moment you find out somebody ate the last piece of vanessa's cheesecake <laughs> that is un- and that's the first time that's that you figured it out yeah and had you had you met him at this point
1: um, you know, I hadn't really met him and honestly I, I never had a lot of direct conversation with him. Yeah. Um I think of course he knew who I was in order for me to be allowed to work there. Yeah. Um and you know, just by this He definitely me knew who a you lot, were. you know. <laughs> um and then, you know, he then started um adding the reference of cheesecake funk to invitations to Paisley Park.
0: Unreal. So what is it? What does that feel like when you see that for the first time? Because I mean, really, you're just bringing it because you're being a nice coworker. It's something you love doing. It's it's fun to share what you love doing with people around you. What's that feeling when you see that? You see these invites coming through with cheesecake funk on it. That's what is that feeling like?
1: Like unbelievable. Like really, I never again. I never thought that he would actually eat it. Like why would he just eat some random person's food that's in the fridge? You know and. <laughs> Bless his heart, um, just the thought of him finding it and enjoying it and then requesting more shows me and and told me, you know, that he enjoyed it.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point it's got to be kind of bizarre in a way. Do you have the thought of like, oh, maybe I should take this seriously now that there's all this awareness behind like not only just you that you're bringing in cheesecake, but then all of a sudden the name cheesecake funk is on the invitation of Paisley park.
1: Yeah. Um, it's still unbelievable to me. Um, thankfully because of him, a lot of people honestly from around the world have reached out to me and want Prince's favorite cheesecake, you know, um, so it's like when people come to visit Minnesota, I've had people from, like, Belgium and Japan and France and several friends in Australia who, when they come here, seek me out because they want my cheesecake, which is just such a gift.
0: That's, yeah, that, that's so, and totally by chance in a, yeah. in a, in a funny way. So obviously now you've got all of these restaurants, customers, uh, wholesale customers, you've got like a, a big loyal following on your social media, sure. a lot of individual customers. How does it get to where you are today? What is the next step after this all starts happening? Do you start to think I should turn this into a business and really start cranking? Or is it just people are asking for more and more?
1: Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I've always kind of, I always did it on the side, but it came a time in like 2018 that i was like you know i need to set this up i was working at a law firm and i you know talked with some of my friends like i should probably set up an llc yep yeah, you should so <laughs> did that then um i just kind of gradually um you know after i did that i connected with trying to set up like you know a business like bank account and sl- small things like that yeah. and then um Fortunately, I connected with the owners of Crave, and um, they basically said prepare for volume because we want to add it to our menu. And with that, um, that was August of 2019, and I was literally at my job, and I was like, oh my God, I just talked to the owners of Crave, and they're telling me prepare for volume. So I need to prepare for volume. I can't do my day job and bake cheesecakes. I'm a single mom, too. I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and, like, I, I can't juggle all this. So I've got to give something up, and I, if I'm going to dive into this, I'm going to dive into it. So I resigned from my job. How, and, did,
0: how did you get connected with the owners of Crave? Was this something you're actively seeking customers, like, uh, hitting the streets, or how does this end up you coming know, it, together? It was
1: literally a friend of a friend knew the owner. And said, you know, this cheesecake is amazing. I'm bringing it to the owner so that they can try it. And... One of the owners called me a few months later and said it was amazing.
0: Because it's so funny. It's like, I've, I've, I've had people on the podcast before where it's like they have this idea and it's just like backbreaking, like hitting the street, trying to find anyone to purchase the product. And here you are just making delicious cheesecake. And it's so delicious that like Prince finds it. And then people are just like, you have to sell to this person. I'm like, how do I get that? Where <laughs> you yeah. do, it's just like such a good product that people are tasting it and go, oh, wait, I know somebody that should buy this. Yeah. How many locations does uh, Crave have?
1: Um gosh ish um i'd say about 10 ish i believe
0: and so they say we want to bring you in all 10 of our locations well no it's just
1: in the twin cities right now okay um and then they just opened a location in rochester Mm -hmm. so i'm hoping at some point i'll you know get down there um i believe that the the cheesecakes for christmas there will be some down in rochester um they're also in south dakota and north dakota so hopefully getting out there at some point um but it's pretty damn cool.
0: <laughs> you quit your day job. Yeah. How did that feel?
1: Scary <laughs> as hell.
0: I've I've realized that uh, after I quit all the jobs I was working to go full time folly that I was like, oh wait, paychecks are so cool.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like insurance oh, is oh, in, super cool.
0: Insurance is nice. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't realize how much I actually liked insurance right, right. until this. You quit your job. You've got crave, and at this point, are you working out of a kitchen? Are you working from? Uh, are you making the cheesecakes from home?
1: No, um, and so that when in August when I left, um, so my cheesecake is on the menu also at Oak Nineteen. Um, it's at the Chaska Town Course in Chaska. Um, it's a golf course mm-hmm. um, restaurant at the golf course. So the winter months when the golf course is closed, the restaurant is closed. So the owners of the restaurant have been so amazing so kind and they let me bake out of there in the winter time when nobody's there so um, when I left my job in August I started baking out of Oak 19 then in March when they needed to get back in there I rented a commercial kitchen at Kitchen Space Mm. Um, March 1st 2020 I started that lease then March 16th restaurants were closed because of COVID, so I over the summer just kind of baked there doing curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just basically have been baking out of Oak 19, and then at Kitchen Space.
0: And and how did you shift things when COVID closures came down? So restaurants are closed, and like that's your entire wholesale business. Yeah. What, what what's your first reaction when this happens? That your wholesale business is gone, but you still have this space that you can produce. How do you react when all that's happening?
1: You know, at first I was like. Great time to quit your full time job. Two months. Before. I wasn't. I wasn't going to say it, but it's like that's really Great brutal time. timing. Super convenient, Vanessa. <laughs> um, but you know, I just I took about a month and a half off. You know, as everybody did with stay at home orders, um, and then I just I connected with my supplier at U.S. Foods, and they allowed me to get my ingredients super convenient and safe. Um, and I figured if I could get my ingredients safe, if I could essentially bake by myself and in in a small environment at Kitchen Space, I think I could make this work. So I thought, you know, what if I did like a pop-up, you know, set do pre-orders, set specific dates and times for people to pick up their cakes um, and see how it goes. And within the first two days, I had, I don't know, Lots of orders. <laughs> Lots of <laughs> orders. So I, I just kind of, that gave me the encouragement to just kind of, let's see if I can make this work.
0: So all these orders coming in, was this e- expected? Uh, like I, Because at this point, was selling directly to customers with like curbside pickup or like picking up at the kitchen, was this something you were doing?
1: No, not not very much. I was primarily focused on wholesaling, um, you know, whole, getting... Connecting with restaurants. Yeah. However many restaurants I can connect with, that's kind of what my goal was. COVID allowed me to pivot in a way of pre-sale, curbside pickup, because I tried to get, um, you know, small loan assistance through, like, programs set up by the state for restaurants or people who were directly affected by the governor's shutdown orders. I got denied because I'm not a restaurant.
0: Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. We kind of run into a similar thing that, and, and we, we were in a position to that because we were kind of new, uh, we weren't, our business wasn't hit enough for them. So it was like this weird thing where it's like, you're not a restaurant, so you don't get this, assist, this assistance. And then you weren't doing enough for us to get, give you this assistance. So you're like right in the middle. So it is, uh, it is something I think about of like suppliers to restaurants are kind of in this middle mm-hmm. space where they're kind of ignored. Yep. Um, how did you connect with your customers to line up all these orders?
1: You know, um, I just, I have some great friend um, who is into marketing. Um, shout out to Oak Brands. Um, they totally, Casey Cornell, revamped my website and we set up an um, online store. So that was a means for me to have people directly order from me Set up specific dates and times to pick up, and it's been wonderful.
0: When those orders come in, because I'm, I'm just trying to picture myself in your shoes, because we were in kind of a similar position, but we've been around for a couple of years before COVID hit, so we kind of had a little bit more traction. You're four or five months into this, quitting your job, and then this entire like business-altering thing comes down without able to get any assistance. You uh, launched the new website, so you can kind of sell directly online how are you putting like any strategy in place in terms of like how to get like reorders or like get new people in the door or like marketing uh like social media or email or anything to because the thing that impresses me about you and your business is like the insane following you have like even if it's not like i'm not even talking size which is also equally impressive but the loyalty and just I, my mom's the perfect example. It's like now every single event we have, yeah. we, there's like four of us there and we'll have like five cheesecakes. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, like, like Thanksgiving, we had a cheesecake and leftover cheesecake from the last family event we had. So I'm you have this insanely loyal following, which obviously speaks a lot to your product are there other things you have in place because or is it just the word of mouth of the of the work that you're doing
1: you know it's the word of mouth that's incredible um, it's totally and honestly I, I was just here I think last week dropping off a cake to your mom. yeah <laughs> 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 um, you know it's, it's truly just every day I wake up like tackling the orders that I have for that day or the orders that I know are going to come down the next week um, it's it's I don't know
0: it's a good problem to have a a lot of people have the opposite problem where they go I'm spending money on marketing I'm spending money on outreach I'm doing all these programs and I'm still not able to line up enough orders yeah I think this speaks volumes to what you're doing and I mean I, I will speak to it that it's like my favorite dessert now and I'm not just pandering here yeah. like that's why I wanted to have you in yeah. like, the print story is absolutely incredible but the product you're making is great and I'm wondering in terms of like the offerings that you have um, how much it's like, I'm getting like the third phone call in a oh, row. Do you get a ton of spam? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I just left the roaster with like a huge order that I was halfway done packaging. Oh. So I was like, I really want to make sure this isn't an emergency. <laughs> no, it's the fifth time the spammers oh. call me. Okay. I'm really sorry for that. But okay. in terms of the offerings that you have, uh, how, how do you decide how many flavors to have? Uh, what are the most popular because you do have some like really funky cool flavors like mm-hmm. uh even just something like Oreo cheesecakes kind of simple but it's funky and like the one you brought in today is very simple but it's got like these awesome white chocolate shavings on it so it like looks amazing and I'm Dive
1: I' am, into it now I feel like I
0: am worried because I I do live alone uh and that cake <laughs> will not live long in my place mm-hmm. and yeah i'm gonna be eating what i'm saying is i'm gonna eat that entire cake by myself and i'm deal maybe i'm a little ashamed of it but it's it's 2020 so i think eating full cakes by yourself alone in an apartment is completely allowed
1: an early christmas gift to you
0: (laughs) there we go i love it how do you choose your flavors
1: um you know i think it's just super simple the simplest flavors is the best um white chocolate caramel is delicious it's very simple um I like to try different, like, candy bars because I don't really think that candy bars are highlighted um, in food as kind of they could be or should be. Um, If you make a simple base cheesecake, you can add any flavor to it. Um, So I, I just like to pick out, like, fresh fruits. You know, people like strawberry cheesecake, so it's a plain cheesecake with strawberries on top. Um, My whipped cream is pretty amazing, I must say. (laughs) Um, I think you had that. that? Trust me, I've had everything. (laughs) Um, You know, I make it simply with heavy whipping cream and vanilla beans and sugar. So I think adding, um, making good food with quality products just highlights whatever you're making in general. So I just like to make it simple um, and delicious. The Oreo, I just add Oreos to the batter Tap it with some chocolate, and tap it with a little more Oreos, and there you go.
0: And I've said this in the past that anytime I go to a new bakery or to a new restaurant or uh, any and you know anything that's kind of got some reputation, I think a lot of people gravitate towards the really kind of like cool or gimmicky or like fun flavors or fun dishes and this and that. And I, whenever I try a new place, I like to try the most simple thing they offer because mm-hmm. I do think it's like the simple dishes kind of show the technique of who's making it. That if the simple dish is not like to perfection, then the the more you add on top of that, it's just going to be distracting from like the, there's some things with the main dish that need to be addressed. And to it's like you can tell i'm getting like uh, almost confused because like i always think there's some secret there's something that i haven't thought of there's some crazy thing and i'm like no it's just like simple cheesecake recipes executed to a level that it's just like it, it just sets it off and generates that word of mouth naturally mm-hmm. how much uh when COVID goes down and now you're delivering directly to customers, are, are you doing deliveries or is it all curbside pickup?
1: Um, For the most part, it's curbside. I do do some deliveries, but um, honestly, I prefer curbside yeah, pickup. Yeah, for obvious <laughs> yeah. reasons. Yeah.
0: And how far ahead do you know kind of what the next week is going to be? Because that's, that's one thing that's been challenging on our end is when with wholesale business, it's pretty regular mm-hmm. and they know their business really well. So they can give you projections yeah. and you can plan ahead pretty far. And that takes a lot of the kind of that underlying stress of ownership mm-hmm. down a little bit, because at least I can project out the next 10 days. What's our roast look like next week packaging? What's it going to look like? Whereas like the direct, the online orders, the curbside, all that stuff is pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm, I'm curious from the time it started to where you are now, how do you plan out your weeks? Like how far in advance are you are getting these orders to where you're able to fulfill them?
1: Yeah. So I think that's the main thing that I wanted to do with my website is I, you know, because I juggle a lot, <laughs> you know, as a mom and, you know, entrepreneur, I've asked when people place orders to give me three to four business days mm-hmm. to fulfill the cheesecake order. So that gives me time in case somebody places an order at midnight. They're not thinking they can come pick it up at eight o'clock in the morning because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I've gotten that email you know? before. Like, like, where's my
0: coffee? You just right, ordered an hour ago, right?
1: Like, I I would happy I would be happy to be there at eight, but I need some days' notice in order to make that happen. Um, because I'm not schlepping my kids out of the house at six thirty in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's what I do. I just ask for advance orders, um, and make it happen when they need it.
0: I I, want to ask uh, in like the pre-COVID and then post-COVID is pre-COVID. So when you quit your job and start making volume for Crave, what were the most unexpected challenges in that move?
1: You know, it was um, just kind of making sure that I can make it happen, you know, because I had, yes, I'd been making cheesecakes for a long time and I could do it in my sleep, but I needed to really, get a system going so that because I was supplying to eight different locations. Mm. So I never wanted to be in the position where five of them were calling me asking for five or six or whatever cakes the next day. So I just really had to plan um, knowing that, okay, I need to supply to all these people. I need to make sure I have plenty readily available. So when they call, I can say, yep, I'll be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it was more of, I guess, training myself to make sure I had plenty ready so that when they called, I gave them the best service that they needed and saying, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow.
0: And is that something you worked with them uh, on on ordering and processes? Because... Uh, I love the term business rhythm. uh, Mm -hmm. Creating a business rhythm with your customers, even if it's online or curbside or whatever, you've done it with your online. That three to four Mm days—that's the rhythm. I know if I order it, I have four days and I can pick it up. Business days. Yeah, business. (laughs) Business. See, I can tell you've dealt with that question a few times. You got the order on Friday, and they go, "Won't be there Sunday." Three to four business days. (laughs) Uh, and the same thing with wholesale customers we've tried to create is you order on Monday, we'll deliver Thursday. Yeah. And if they order on Wednesday, they know they're not going to get it that week and they can't really get upset because we've created this business rhythm in, in creating these processes with Crave cause t- uh, to go from uh, really no restaurant customers to five to 10 is a uh, pretty quick escalation, uh, not only just the production side, but I think a lot of th- uh, the thing I didn't think about was that we're now communicating to all these customers that we're selling to now Mm -hmm. and they all have different communication styles and that's where I realized we had to put like a really rigid thing in place that if you order by this you get this Mm -hmm. was that something you worked with them on creating or was it just you you figured it out with ebbs and flow along the way of if I keep this much on hand it's been working so I'll keep doing that
1: that's pretty much what I do like I just make sure I have enough ready so in five days when they should be calling again, I have plenty ready because I know this one's going to need four. This one's going to need six. This one's going to need three. So I need to make sure that I have those readily available because I know they're going to call and I need to deliver the day after they call.
0: When things close down, you start going direct and people are doing curbside pickup. Is it harder to work with buyers of restaurants, like, like 10 of them, or now you've got presumably hundreds of individuals ordering individual cakes. Which one poses more of a challenge?
1: You know, um, individuals was a little tricky, um, but I made it happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, because with restaurants, you know, I don't top the cheesecakes when I give it to them because I feel like it's best served to the guest when the chefs at the restaurants top it, when mm. they serve it. So um, directly to customers, it's on my end to box it, top it, label it, um, give it to them. So all of that takes so much time. Um, so I think, yeah, it's it's a little bit more tricky directly with customers, but it's super fun too. Because then I, you know, we all have kind of been sheltered in our homes, frankly, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So being able to socially distance providing cakes to customers has been great because, thankfully, a lot of the customers have been a lot of my friends, too. A lot of my old coworkers that, you know, I hadn't seen since I left the firm. So giving them cheesecakes brought them joy. And then I also got to see my friends, you know. So it's... um pretty
0: cool i had uh, i admittedly like let my ego get to me when i started it that when most of the orders were friends and family i'm like oh, this doesn't feel real and then i realized that oh wait they're reordering and it means they yeah. actually like it they're not yeah. just doing it to like do me a favor and mm-hmm. then i was like then i got over it i was like hey, why can't friends in fact they're probably the best customers mm-hmm. to have and i'm curious if your experience reflects what i've gone through in increasing focus on direct to consumer sales is that like the the restaurant sales are it tends to be easier to work with them because they work with so many suppliers that they understand if, like, if there's one hiccup in an ordering, they've probably faced that 10 times that right. week. Whereas direct to consumer, you know, Amazon, they order, they get in two days, everything's perfect. And if you don't do that same thing, they're like, why is it slow? Why right. I don't, I have to come pick it up. And, uh, but that side's also more rewarding in a way because you're delivering direct to the end person. You mm-hmm. get to see the person that's actually enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Do you have, uh, I guess what I'm really getting to here is, do you think that COVID closures, that this will benefit Cheesecake Funk in the long term to have this, you're really building a direct consumer base mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't have existed if this didn't happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think I would have pivoted this way um, because, I, like I said, I wanted to be more a wholesaler directly to restaurants so that guests going to restaurants will know me from that. Um, Doing curbside has been great because I can directly give it to people. And, you know, people are going through a lot right now. And to be able to give them a little bit of joy with this dessert um, is a really fulfilling thing to do. Um, so, yeah, so I think just getting directly to customers is definitely something that I would not have done pre-COVID. Um, but I'm certainly going to continue on with this model moving forward. Right.
0: And so that leads into the next question is when things in theory open up and we're kind of back to quote unquote, whatever normal is after all of this, let's just say restaurants are open and now wholesales open. How are you going to decide to spend your time in terms of increasing your wholesale program versus in like trying to grow your direct to consumer base?
1: You know, honestly, I think both hand in hand. Um, if I know that one restaurant is going to need 15 cheesecakes a week. I can make those in uh, four hours, <laughs> you know? So it's like, if I plan in advance, like know that they're going to need this, another restaurant's going to need this. If I have a week or so in order to plan that and then work around my three to four business day <laughs> thing with my direct customers, um, it's honestly manageable. How do you-
0: I'm just like I'm 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 like very impressed by what you're doing and it's like it's a, all by myself. I know that's what I'm saying is yeah. you're a single mom of two you've got this business that you you quit your full-time job 4 months before covid and I'm like you're you're like too relaxed for me right now. Like I'm way too high strung. So like you you have this very calm energy about you during all of this. And it's almost like because this product it just generates this word of mouth that things just seem to kind of work out even when things are shifting, which is really cool to see. Um, But how do you choose to spend your time uh, on a daily basis? At this point, it sounds like really you're waking up and you just know you have orders to fulfill and that's how you're spending your time Mm -hmm. and your days.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I just, I plan it out. I mean, I was a paralegal for 20 years. So it's like organization and and planning is kind of second nature to me. So I really just plan it, you know, around my son who does distance learning at home. So if I'm going to fulfill orders directly to people, I've been asking, you know, again, three to four business days, but can we meet like after two o'clock so that I can, you know, be at home with him doing that. Um, and then go to the kitchen. I bring my kids with me (laughs) sometimes. Um, I will say my mom has been a tremendous help. I couldn't do all this without her. Like in fact, they're with her right now. You know, um, she watches them while days, if I need to go and bake, I will go and bake. Um, I did do an all nighter (laughs) before Thanksgiving, (laughs) And um, my mom and my kids slept at the restaurant (laughs) so that I didn't have to be there by myself. So it's really just like planning it all out and um, just scheduling it all. So it's a cohesive blend of what I need to accomplish.
0: So new customers that are coming to you. You said a lot of them are people you kind of, uh, a lot of friends, a lot of uh, recognizable faces. How many new people are coming and Do you know how they're figuring out about what you're doing?
1: Um, you know, I honestly think it's Google searches um, is a big thing, like Minneapolis cheesecake or good desserts, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, word of mouth, um, social media. I think I've had a lot of people who have been following me on Instagram and When they finally, you know, order and and connect with me, they're like, Oh, I've been watching or following you for months and they look so good. I'm so excited to finally try it. So it's really things like that. And if one person likes it, then hopefully they will share the information with their circle of friends. And then it just keeps trickling.
0: I'll tell you, this is the first time I've ever felt the need to tell someone about cheesecake in my life. Like, and that that's where I, I'm like ch- trying to figure. I, I, I just, I I'm fascinated by business, especially in food and drink. Cause food and drink is a very subjective experience. I can give our coffee to 10 people. Five could say it's my favorite. Five could say, I don't like this at all. And depending on who's telling who about their experience with it, uh, And so so the business aspect of food is like extra intriguing to me. That word of mouth is such a hard thing to capture Mm -hmm. and you seem to have done it uh, just purely by your product, which is almost it's exciting to see because that means that like not every successful business has to have some secret thing. They're doing some, some strategy or like marketing thing because those are the things I think about that I go, is there something I'm not doing or every once in a while you learn of a new strategy and you're like, how was I not doing this? But, uh, with Instagram do you, how uh, how planned out ahead are you with your social media posts or your communications to your customers
1: I mean literally if I'm I have a day where I'm baking um or if I'm topping cheesecakes then I just take lots of photos and I just randomly post stuff based on that like it's there's I feel like there should be more of a a, a method of how I post things on social media but it's very organic um you know, if I have a good, like, the white chocolate... Um, actually, I don't think I took a picture of that. I should have, but... Well, you, we you can know? take a picture before <laughs> <Yeah>. we leave. <laughs> um, but, you know, if I have, like, if I'm tapping six white chocolate caramel cheesecakes, that's a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's really just kind of when I'm making it, just taking photos then and posting it thereafter.
0: Do you have an idea of what you're going to do when things do open back up in terms of how you spend your time or potentially going out to find new
1: customers Um, you know I really hope to get connected with more restaurants Mm -hmm. Um, I think you know it has died down the past few weeks because restaurants are doing takeout Um, so I don't think a lot of people are ordering dessert with takeout Um, but I just hope to again connect with more restaurants um, connect with more direct customers and keep growing it.
0: What's the ideal restaurant customer for you? Because I imagine a lot of places make their own desserts or have their own dessert program. Is there a certain type of restaurant you look for that you go, this would be a good fit?
1: Um, you know, no, it's just, I think branching out for restaurants to get a wholesale dessert is so simple. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to spend the hourly wages on their staff to make the dessert all they have to do is call me or text me or email me and say we need however many cakes and then I deliver it and then they receive it pre-sliced and all they have to do is tap it and plate it or box it. Things like
0: quality control or just like temperature control or all these things that are important in creating like a really great cheesecake are just out of the
1: Out of the picture. Yeah, they don't have to do anything but refrigerate it. Yeah. You know, I will literally deliver it, put it in their fridge, see you later, (laughs) see you next week, and then they just have to top it and box it and plate it. Um, So I'm just hoping to get more restaurants like that, yeah.
0: Let's go back to your first delivery to Crave, because I I remember my (laughs) first delivery to a grocery store. I realized I didn't know how we were getting paid, because I I delivered the coffee, and then they're like, okay. It's like, all right. I left, and I go, wait. I don't know what's that? And then a check showed up in the mail a month later. I was like, okay, th- that's how we get paid. Cool. Yeah. What was it like delivering to Crave for the first time? Because this is, I suppose you would sold to a restaurant before, but it was somebody you knew personally mm-hmm. versus Crave, where they're probably like getting deliveries and deliveries and deliveries. And then you're there with the cheesecake. What was that like?
1: You know, it was really exciting because having this little idea of like, oh, it's a good cheesecake to getting it into a phenomenal restaurant like Crave. And then adding to all their other locations um, was awesome and it still is awesome. I just love, yep, I'll be right there. I'll, I'll get you your cakes and <laughs> dropping it off and then they um, sell it to their guests. It's just a wonderful, wonderful feeling.
0: That's I'm just I'm I'm so impressed by it all it's it's so cool to hear a story that's just completely organic mm-hmm. and that, that's really what I think is my key takeaway here is like your growth and your business and everything it's almost like it just happened because you were making something that was so good mm-hmm. and I think the, the like the crust is definitely a big part of it and like I can tell you know that because you're like that that's the one thing where you're like I'm not telling you that mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not mm-hmm. talking about that and that is probably the most difficult part of, like, a, a, a cheesecake to make from scratch, I would yeah. think. Um, but it's just amazing to hear your story. And the biggest thing is, I, thinking back to when Prince first eats it, that was, you said that was 2013. Mm-hmm. And you said 2018 was kind of the first time that you got into a restaurant, yeah. So during those five years, you were really just making it for friends and family and working on recipes. Mm-hmm. So that's something also I don't think should be overlooked because it, it's like that's five years where you're just continuing to make it better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you launch with like, I think a lot of people who have an idea for a business, the first time they make one that's good, they go, oh, I should go sell this now. Mm-hmm and you did the opposite you're like i just love making these and you perfected this recipe until it gets to the point that people are like you have to sell this yeah. mm-hmm. and, and that what is what's so cool about it is like the word of mouth it seems it makes more sense now because you literally were not going out and pushing it you had so many people tell you you have to start selling this somebody introduces you to Crave and says they have to buy your cheesecakes that that's how your business gets started and continues to grow and it's just incredible
1: yeah and you know bless her heart I need to connect with the woman who connected me with the owner of Crave one day again um she basically said you know I had some catering at my job the other day and I would have loved to have had this cheesecake and so she then went out of her way or I don't know if it was out of her way but had the the thought to connect me and that connection blossomed into this great partnership
0: and, it's amazing and and that it's like the first time that I had your cheesecake my mom's like i got the cheesecake tonight it is unbelievable and i'm like i've never heard anybody be passionate about cheesecake before you know it's just like it's kind of like one of the desserts and you're like eh, I guess I'll do the, yeah. you know, I'll do the small slice of this and then go back to my mm-hmm. my regular dessert over here and then this is the first time <laughs> we're all sitting around in a circle going like whoa oh, oh, what is going on you're like was, it's was so weird all five of us just sit there every single person is like whoa this mm-hmm. is insane yeah. and I was like I need to meet this person because there's <laughs> something going on over mm-hmm. there uh, and so I, I really appreciate you coming in yeah. um, where can people find you
1: um, so cheesecakefunk.com. Um, and then on social media, the same, Cheesecake Funk. On Twitter, it's the number one, uh, Cheesecake Funk. Um, yeah, that's it.
0: Awesome. I'll put all those in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but really appreciate you coming in. I yeah. mean, this is like, it's such a unique story because I've had so many people that they're, the, the process of like creating the business and that is kind of the big challenge. And for you, it's like... I had enough people that wanted what I was doing at a high level that it it's working and it yeah. continues to work. And that's really exciting to see. And I, I just, I don't doubt that it'll continue to be successful because when it comes to cheesecake, it's like, I mean, this is the most I've ever thought about it in like a one year span. Yeah.
1: Well, and you know, that's also just such a, a great feeling too, to have that. I've had so many people that have said, I won't touch cheesecake. Don't like it. Have never liked it, but I'll eat yours. Yeah. you know, um, to know that I have people who, fans who live in Australia, who know about my cheesecake, who want to visit Minnesota to, again, to have my cheesecake, blows me away. It's unbelievable. Blows me away. <laughs> so I'm hoping to one day be able to distribute it. Yeah. You know, I need to connect with like a food manufacturer or something so that I can start shipping. Yeah. Um, That's a little beyond me right now, Um, but... Certainly get asked the question at least once or twice a week. Can you ship to California? Can you ship to Florida or, you know, wherever Um, one day?
0: Amazing. Yeah, Thank you so much for coming in. I know you're limited on time. And so, I I, I mean, I basically pestered you until I could find a time (laughs) because I wanted to hear this story. So I really appreciate you coming in. Um, I'll end it like I end every other episode and say have a nice day.